Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it shot. Oh, baby, what a play. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, Chiefs Hall of Famer Tim Grunhard joins his former line mate, Joe Valerio, on our show. Tim's book, View from the Center, was also just released in paperback. Tim, thanks for joining us. Got it right here, Jeff. Some free publicity. Hey, hey, my <laughs> pleasure being on. Anytime being on with you and Joe uh, is awesome. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to visiting with you guys a little bit, talking a little Chiefs and I know Joe and I are going to get to see each other here in a couple of weeks uh, at the alumni game. Looking forward to seeing him and Jen and the girls. And, oh, uh, boy, it's uh, – it, and listen, the first quarter of the season's over, man. It's going pretty quick. Uh, you know, I'm curious your take on this, Tim. Joe has talked a lot about – you know, we, we talk a lot about offensive line on the, sh- the show and the Chiefs interior offensive line so strong with Creed, Tooney, and Trey Smith. Does it remind you of – you, Zot, Will Shields, we'll, we'll even throw out an Italian number 73 and Nick Allegretti with some Joe Valerio parallels. But no, do you does that you see some parallels there? No, uh, yeah, we see a lot of parallels, although we can get third down and shorts uh, up the middle, which they can't do. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't even need and you don't even need the tush push or the brotherly shove. That's right. Joe, Joe knows very well. Uh, and, and there was many situations where he was in there and third down and short situations on the goal line and in the middle of the field. And we took a lot of pride in that, you know, and that's one of the things that I I don't get um, with this Kansas City Chief team is they struggle so much in third down and short and fourth down and short situations. And, you know, Andy gets really creative in those situations, but I mean, he's got three horses in the middle there that can really move some bodies and um, they just don't use them very well, Joe. I I, I don't get it. you know, what, one of the comments that that uh, that I always hear is that, you know, hey, listen, you know, we're going to be creative in these situations, but it really comes down to you just got to move the chains. And and uh, one of the things that we loved and we took pride in is, listen, when 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 it was third down short, we're going to go right in between us, go right in the middle. That was that's how we celebrated. That was what you know, that was our uh, time at the up at the plate you know, have an opportunity to hit a base hit and score a run. I mean, that was when we had an opportunity to do something for the team, uh, especially, you know, the three guys in the middle. And uh, the Chiefs don't do that as much. And I hope they get back to it. They, that's one of the things that uh, they've got to get better at is some of these third down and short down, four, third and short and fourth down situations uh, where they can run the ball and move the chains. And and uh, that that's a concern for me. And you brought, bring up the three guys in the middle. They're awesome. They're, they are really good. Uh, great to get in the second level. Uh, you know, Creed Humphreys and, and Trey Smith and uh, Joe Tooney uh, really work well together. Uh, good combinations, good push. Uh, but I'm sure that the three of them are very frustrated that, uh, you know, this tap, tap yourself on the butt and say, hey, follow me. Let's go. And uh, it doesn't seem to be happening as much as I would like to see it. Yeah, well, Tim, I mean, think about, right, they, they, the way this game has evolved. Nobody goes under center anymore, right? And if, and if they do, you got to have a guy who squats, you know, 800 pounds like Jalen Hurts. Uh, you don't have fullbacks, right? There's, yeah. no, there's nobody – nobody comes in and isos on a linebacker anymore. It's everything is zone and zone read and all that. And, Tim, you got to admit, man, the, the evolution of the defensive tackle, holy cow, some of these guys – you know, a biscuit away from 350, running four fives, six foot 
for like it's I, I don't know Tim it's it's I, what what do you think of the way that defensive linemen have evolved especially at the tackle position and how much harder our jobs would have been today than they were back then no absolutely yeah I mean these guys are humongous and in fact, I was on the field, I think, for the Bears game uh, a couple weeks ago and just standing out there and Cole Komet came running over and said hello. And even the tight ends, these guys are huge. They're just so much bigger than we were, Joe. It, it's just amazing. Um, and, yeah, the defensive lineman, I was looking at the defensive lineman for the Bears and the Chiefs, and Chris Jones came by and walked by, and I looked at him like, man, I wouldn't want to block that guy all day. I mean, just huge people. But, you know, it's funny you bring that up because we were talking today on the radio a little bit about this turf thing right? Everybody's talking about the split film turf mm -hmm. and is it causing injuries and, and all those kind of things. And Joe, you remember as well as I do, uh, we'd go out to Houston or we'd go to Philadelphia, your home uh, field, or, or you go to Minnesota and they would have big steel plates that would cover up the, the, the infield dirt. I mean, right. those are steel <laughs> plates that they cover up and they just put some artificial, some sort of substance on, on top of it and when yeah. you walk on it it'd be like walking on a sewer when you're walking out in the street all of a sudden clank clank i mean the yeah. thing would move uh yeah. so you know i don't really feel sorry for these guys per se because the turfs are so much better but uh so i'm not sure if it's turf or to your point uh guys have gotten so much bigger faster and stronger that you know the ligaments and the cartilage and and the body only could take so much and I'm talking about the violence, the violence of the game. I'm not talking about the hitting violence. I'm talking about the violence of the push off. You watch these wide receivers and tight ends. They explode into their cuts. It's a violent cut. And they, I mean, they're so fast and they're so big. I mean, look at A.J. Dillon last night. We, I don't know if you guys saw that game. This guy's 255 pounds cutting on a dime to get back into the back end of the A-gap at 255. Right. I mean, it's unbelievable. So what's giving here? Is it the turf problems? Is it just the, uh, uh, the, the body is not able to adapt to this big, strong, fast, muscular guys? They all look like bodybuilders out there playing. Yeah. And, you know, and, and will the ligaments and tendons, are they holding up? Um, so, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot to chew on, a lot to think about. I know the NFLPA is talking about, hey, listen, you know, we want to get back to the grass, but Hey, look at the Super Bowl last year. Everybody's complaining about the Super Bowl. The turf was given out. So there's always going to be yeah. something. That was crazy. Uh, and, you know, so that that to me is, um, you know, you saw Travis Kelsey, these non-contact injuries. I think we all held our breath. I thought he blew his Achilles out. I really did. Yeah. And uh, we're lucky. Rodgers all over again. Yeah, but Mike, uh, you know, Mike Williams from uh, the Chargers, he's out for the season. I, there's probably four or five or six other guys just from planting these nine on that yeah. during that Vikings Chiefs game. Tim, what, yeah. about, what about camp though? Like, we've Jeff and I have batted this around a bunch, asked different people. Like, do you think these players are in game shape as much as we were? Not, I don't, I, and I always preface it with, I don't want us to be those guys that well, when we walked uphill to school both ways in the snow with no shoes. Hey, get off my lawn. We don't, need to be, <laughs> we don't need to be one of those old, old school guys. But seriously, do you think that they are conditioned to play like we were? Um, the way that we, I mean, especially they're always saying how these Andy Reid camps are so, so tough. So, especially for the Chiefs, I'm curious. Just adding a little bit to your question, Joe. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's a great point, Joe. And, um, you know, I don't think that the the uh, physicality of, of, of practice isn't even close. Um, it's more about kind of uh, technique and fundamentals and kind of walking through and, 
And then all of a sudden you, you got to go do it. Yeah. And that could be part of it too. So I think there's a combination of a lot of things that, that are causing some of these issues. Obviously, uh, you know, I think the guys are bigger, faster. And the other thing is, Joe and, and, and Jeff, think about this. I mean, I can go right now and go get you a pair of Reebok shoes that probably weigh about 15 pounds. All right. I mean, the shoes that we wore and the, the tape jobs that we had and the <laughs> braces that we wore, these guys don't even wear knee pads anymore. I mean, they, their, their knees are exposed. It's like looking out there, they have a little piece of foam on their thigh pad. Our thigh pads are the size of pizza pans. I mean, so, you know, I, I so the equipment, you know, listen, they have these pretty shoes that like you, uh, Jackie Joyner Kersey would be wearing these shoes, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they, they're barely given any kind of support. So, I mean, I think it's a combination of these guys are so much bigger, faster, stronger. And to your point, Joe, I, I agree with you. I don't think that they they practice the physicality and the, the pushing and the and and going full speed like we had to go. And then the other thing is the equipment they wear. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, I think there's a combination of a bunch of things. But we're seeing a lot of people, a lot of guys get hurt, uh, these non-contact injuries that are just out for the season. It's a shame that it's happening. And, and the NFL really needs to take a look at why these things are happening. Uh, Tim, before we go to break here, I wanted to, you said you went up to Cole Komet, another Notre Dame guy. Uh, did Justin Watson then come over and tell you that, you know, he was at Penn and that Penn could have played or beat Notre Dame? Did that conversation ensue? <laughs> no, you know what, though? I, I did see Justin Watson. I, I, I got up one morning for breakfast on a Saturday morning and saw him playing at 9 a.m. against Harvard. So that, that was that – was... <laughs> no, And sorry, Joe, I had to go there. And that, I, that old story that cracks me up with your your first radio. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. Just because just no, no, you but... two have Chicago in common. You know? <laughs> You know, it's the the Ivy League breakfast with champions. I mean, you can watch <laughs> watch the games at like eight o'clock in the morning. It's awesome. Right? So brunch, it's brunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, you know what I wasn't going to bring that up about the the Joe Valerio's <laughs> interview with Con Conrad Dobler. I wasn't going to bring it up, uh, but uh, since you brought it up, Jeff, uh, thirty two you know, years later, thirty two years later, it's it's still it still has legs, Joe. It still, it has, still legs. has legs. It's, uh, it's not going anywhere. It's just all we all you need to do is, is Pat Zotter in, and you know. It, it and for you guys who didn't hear this, Joe said that basically said that University of Pennsylvania could have competed with the Penn States and Notre Dame's of of, of uh, college football. Uh, but I digress. So we, at least we're down to competing now, though, as opposed to what when Tim used to say we could beat Notre Dame. Yeah, there so, you go. Now, now, now we're at least competing. I've gotten softer with all age, Joe. <laughs> getting soft, Tim. Usually these stories, you know, the fish get bigger and things get embellished. Now we're bringing it back down. So, Joe, pretty soon you're, you're going to be safe here. Well, football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Well, we're here with uh, former Chief Center Tim Grunhard, Chiefs Hall of Famer. Uh, you can also hear him on A10 the radio. And also, his book, View from the Center, was just released in paperback. I encourage everyone to go out there and get it. 
Uh, Joe, you mentioned Dave Zott. One of my great parts, one of my favorite parts of the book, do you remember that Tim and Dave Zott were roommates and they bought like, they had like a farmhouse together? Like, do you remember <laughs> that, Joe? I absolutely remember. Are you kidding? It was the most welcoming place in the world, right? What rookie doesn't want to go hang out with two fantastic chiefs at, at their at their pad, like at their NFL pad? I felt like I was in North Dallas 40 uh, for all you for, for everybody who's like over the age of 45 uh, who has seen that movie. I, it's not really one for the younger generation, but uh, not sure how many have seen it. But uh, that's that's kind of like what I felt like. You know, then you had Steve DeBerg, Bill Moss. I mean, come on. What a crew, Dino Hackett. I mean, what an indoctrination. You know, I'm, I'm blocking Biff McNutty from Harvard, and you know, <laughs> I'm hanging out with, with 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 Dino Hackett and Bill Moss. So you know, I felt like I was in a movie. Yeah, absolutely, Bill Moss, and uh, he, he was a guy from your area too, wasn't he? Originally, yeah. so yeah, Delaware uh, County, Marple Newtown. Absolutely, and yeah, so uh, you know, when when uh, when Dave made the team, you now he didn't really expect to make the team. He was an eighth round draft choice or ninth round draft choice or something like that. Didn't get a lot of reps in training camp. So, um, you know, he got rid of his apartment in the summer and, and put all this stuff in the pickup truck and made the team. He goes, I don't have anywhere to live. <laughs> I said, all right, well, so we were in an apartment for a little bit. And then, then I bought that, that, that ranch out there. I said, if I ever made any money, you know, I used to be able to reach out of my house, out of the window of my bedroom and touch the neighbor's house from my house in Chicago. So like an idiot, uh, 22 years old, buying a ranch in Lee Summit, not knowing anything about horses, not knowing anything about, you know, taking care of land or any of that kind of stuff. All of a sudden, here we are uh, with a couple of horses and a bunch of dogs and, and uh, a <laughs> pond and we had catfish, we'd feed the catfish and yeah, uh, it was, it was a great time. And, you know, we'd have all the guys over and, you know, and, you know, I remember seeing Joe jump up on the horse and, and uh, here's the guy from, you know, from Philly, uh, Philly area, jumping up on a horse. The only the only horse you ever had were those, you know, the, the things that the police had out and, uh, to block off, uh, exactly. you know, the yellow horse things that they have. Yeah. So uh, I remember seeing John all get on one of those horses and someone saying, isn't the bigger animal supposed to be on the bottom? Yes, exactly. <laughs> all these, this, this horse was huge and all these feet were dragging. I mean, that's, <laughs> it was unbelievable. I said, John, put him in the stirrups. Why? He was like walking along with the horse. That's amazing. Hey, and how about his son? Uh, Joe's doing a great job at Notre Dame. He's yeah. a heck of an offensive tackle. So really proud of him. And, you know, it's funny, Joe uh, and, and Jeff, that uh, he was like one of the last guys to get recruited there, too. I mean, he, really? they didn't. Huh. Yeah, they weren't going to. Yeah, he was kind of tall and skinny, a little like his dad. He was a tight end in high school. Yeah. And, you know, remember his dad played tight end in college. It was a pooch punter. People don't realize it. So there's John all six eight back there pooch punting. I mean, that would be something to see. That's a little like watching Andy Reid. Andy Reid, uh, you know? yeah. think of that. pass and kick. Yeah. kick, right? Uh, but we had a lot of a lot of good times. You know, that was a great thing about that team. Listen, we didn't win a Super Bowl. I get it. Um, you know, we made a made made a lot of playoff games and and uh, you know won a lot of football games. But it was so many good guys. Uh, you know and. And anytime you go around Kansas City, uh, and that's what I talked about in the book, is the foundation for where the Chiefs are right now were built in those 90s with the guys. I mean, we went out and we, we did radio shows and we visited hospitals and, you know, we did personal appearances in, in high schools and, and uh, really kind of endured ourselves to the community. And uh, the Chiefs bought in uh, and the fan base bought in. And, and uh, that's why the Chiefs are just so 
beloved here in Kansas City. And it all started in the 90s with guys like Joe Valerio catching touchdown passes. I'm still very jealous of that, though. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I never scored a touchdown, Joe, ever. Uh, grammar school, high school, college, pro, never scored a touchdown. So, yeah, uh, you got that like, It was kind of like every lineman's dream, Tim, but, you know. I, I would have yeah. liked to have stayed and played a little bit longer. That, now, that now, would have been nicer. I would have traded a couple of those touchdowns for, for that. Now, do, do you ever have uh, reoccurring nightmares about waking up, sweating, and saying, oh, my God, you dropped the ball? No, you know what I do? It's funny. Tim, it's so funny you mentioned. You know what I have, I've been having nightmares about lately? I've been having nightmares about being on the team at my at our age right now and not having worked out for like six weeks. <laughs> like, like I'll go, you know. You know, we're busy, right? You kids and all this stuff going on. You don't work out. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, all right, we'll get in there, Valeria. I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't work out. Well, tough. Like, that's it. Get in there. And, like, I, that, that's been my recurring nightmare. Yeah, I have a very similar one I that all of a sudden they put me in there and I go, you know, I have an artificial knee and hip, right? And they're like, yeah, go in there. And I'm like, I'm not sure that I think this is going to fall apart. I, think, I don't think I can do it. I'm like, oh, you're fine. And I'm out there like, you know, I'm trying to block a guy. I'm like, this leg doesn't work. It, it doesn't go anywhere. So, yeah, uh, isn't that funny? You know, I used to have nightmares. Well, I still do have nightmares about, you know, going to a, a final and not having studied the whole semester. Oh, no, that was real life. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that actually, yeah, but now yeah. the closest we come is, you know, we hang around on the sidelines. But, you know, you're coaching, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I um with, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, Penn getting up early in the morning for those breakfast brunch games. Uh, I've been doing ESPN Plus for uh, for the Penn games, for Penn home wow. games. So I've been doing the color commentary. So I, I reached out to Rich Gannon. I saw Rich Gannon down the shore, and we spent a, a day together, and he went over how he does his color commentary and gave me all the tips and tricks. So uh, oh, that was awesome. that was that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, he's he's a true pro, man. What a and guy. Joe is really, Joe is really good. I listened to it. You had some great lives. That Matador line when they, they were running for the end. Uh, yeah, so Joe, I'm a little worried that Joe's going to get too big time, and it's going to like. I, I hope he still has time for me, Tim, on the, on his pod when he when ESPN yeah. comes calling. Well, I yeah. think as I think as many people are watching the ESPN Plus Penn Dartmouth game as the, as Notre Dame, you know, Penn State. So I had to get that well played. Well played. <laughs> well played. Exactly. Anything Joe Valerio does, he does excellent. Uh, yeah. oh, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all. He's Great man, great father, great husband. Uh, he's a great football player, and and I can imagine he's a great announcer too. So. Ah, right back at you, Grundy. How's coaching going? Tell us about coaching. Going good. We're, uh, we're four. We're five and one. Uh, nice. We 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 just beat our rival St. Thomas Aquinas uh, this last weekend. Uh, we lost to Rockhurst, the uh, the big other battle, twenty one fourteen. It was a good game, though. Uh, you know, listen, they're a big all boys six A school, and we're just kind of a smaller 4A school in Kansas, but uh, we, we held with them. So uh, we're doing good. It's fun. It's fun. You know, the, 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 the uh, senior class of offensive linemen, I've been, uh, I took a break when Colin was playing and it took yeah. a couple of years off and jumped back in. These guys were freshmen. I've been coaching them for the last four years and uh, it really enjoyed working with this group and we'll see what I do next year. I got to start all over again, man. I don't know if I had the energy to do that again, but uh, uh, I'm really enjoying coaching these kids. We have a, uh, uh, Four of them all have four of them have uh, FCS uh, scholarships right now. 
Uh, and we're hoping to get a couple FBS scholarships out of, uh, for two of them. So uh, really, really good, uh, good kids uh, and really enjoying it, Joe. Thank, thanks nice. for bringing that up. Nice. What do you guys run? What are you guys running, Tim? What What's your base offense? What would you call yourself? We, we run, we run, uh, you know, we run a pro style offense, uh, you know, uh, tight end, two tight ends, uh, you know, trips, doubles, um, uh, you know, quick passes out on the edge. We'll take some shots down the field. We run a lot of counter, a lot of power inside, outside zone, uh, you know, little toss trap stuff. Uh, so, you know, all of our protections are basically the chiefs protections. You know, nice. we have our, scat protection we have our jet protection you know we have our you know basic uh, uh base protection with the four down alignment and the michael linebacker and uh so you know a lot of the things we do are stuff that we did in the nfl and and you know these kids have been able to pick it up and they've done a good job of that and uh you know we you know we don't have the the, the biggest fastest strongest guys so what we try to do is i scheme people and we've done a pretty good job of that with this coaching staff so but yeah it's a blast i have a good time with it Awesome. Wow. My kids must, they're so lucky to have you and, and so fortunate to bring your skills and your personality and, and the fun that you must have with those guys and, and teach them how to work and be great at, at what they do the way, the way that you were. It's, it's awesome stuff, man. I'm sure it's all rubbing off on it. What, what do you think of this team? Like, what do you think of this chiefs team? You said, you said earlier, quarter, we're a quarter in that's, that's big, right? We're, you know, yeah. how, how do you feel they're doing? Now, quarter in, um, listen, I think offensively, we still haven't hit our stride yet. Mm -hmm. uh, the wide receiver uh, room, um, you know, listen, they, they made some plays, but there, there hasn't been any um, uh, anybody really separate themselves and become that leader. You know, Sky Moore is one of the guys that uh, I think they're just a little dis disappointed in. I think they'd like to see more production out of him. You know, uh, Watson's done a pretty good job of making some plays down the field and, and uh, Scantlin. But, you know, listen, they, I, I know they spread the ball around in nine or ten different receivers, but I, I would like to see, you know, Patrick Mahomes, other than Travis Kelsey, find a target that he's comfortable with, that he, he knows and trusts where they're going to be. I'm not sure that's exactly what's happening right now. I think Pacheco, our guy from uh, running back from Rutgers in New Jersey area, not too far from Philly where he grew up, um, he uh, he's a, he runs angry. He's a he's – yeah. a, a, is a ball of energy and uh you know obviously mckinnon and hilaire are, are good compliments to him but yeah patrick mahomes you're gonna win football games and I, I, so i'm really impressed with this defense especially the back end uh the, the the secondary's done a great job and you know looking at the names right now trent mcduffie and and uh you know uh brian cook and and justin reed and and sneed They've done a really good job. And, and listen, last week they did an unbelievable job of slowing down Jefferson, who's one of the best wide receivers uh, in the NFL. And, and uh, you know, it, that that just gives Spags so many different options when he can trust those guys back there to play man or play zone. Uh, you know, you saw uh, against Cousins at the very end of the game, he started dialing up some blitzes and he trusted those guys to be in a good position to make plays. And and in the secondary, they weren't, weren't going to get beat. Um, you know, the front, the front uh, four – uh, you know, I'd like to see Carl Loftus uh, kind of get into a groove here and get a little bit more pressure, a little bit more sacks. Uh, but he's a high effort guy. Uh, Chris Jones, you know, listen, Chris Jones, Chris Jones, he's always going to make plays. I still think I don't think he's hit his stride yet. Still, I mean, that's and he's playing pretty well. Uh, Nadi does a good job of stopping uh, stopping the run. Uh, but I really like these linebackers. You know, Bolton's been hurt, and Drew, Drew Tranquil come in and just done an unbelievable job. Uh, not because he's a Notre Dame guy, it's because he yeah, yeah. Lot of tackles. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Jeff's uh, been talking about him for a long time since since he got on board. Exciting. He's really, really smart. You know, Gay's done a nice job of of, of uh, you know making plays and covering people. And and listen, I think it's a really good defense. And 
you know, Joe, you know as well as I do that uh, during a football season, you're going to have times when the offense carries the defense, and there's times when the defense carries the offense, and and then there's times when nobody carries anybody, and you lose the football game. But right now, it looks like this defense is kind of carrying this offense, and I expect it to flip. I expect this offense to start to click a little bit better. Uh, you know, and, and listen, I think we're still ranked fourth or fifth. I mean. But that's that's but we expect number one, number two, number three with this offense of Patrick Mahomes. And maybe we're spoiled. Maybe we're, you know, uh, uh, getting getting a little bit greedy. But, uh, you know, this offense has been so good for so long and you have the best quarterback in the league. I'd like to see him more comfortable back there to be able to find some receivers and those receivers get some separation. Take a quick break. Uh, Joe, there's a couple guys. There's. Uh, Minuski is the linebacker coach. Joe Vitz, an assistant with him. I I think he might have been. I think Tim might have been. He's a defensive back coach. Yeah, he was. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple uh, connections there. I was looking at their coaching staff. But, yeah, uh, Joe, thanks for following up on Minuski and Vitt and some of those guys. How do you – I mean, is the Chiefs have beaten the Broncos 15 times in a row. Is this going to be a walk in the park? I mean, their defense, Broncos is worse in the league. Or is it going to be a divisional game? So it'll be tougher in, in the Thursday game. Yeah, no, I, I think it, I, I think listen, Denver played the Chiefs really well last year mm-hmm. in both games, uh, and um, and they were I thought they were worse last year than they had this year. Yeah. I mean, really. So um, I expect it to be close games. I, I mean, I know the spread's ten and a half, and yeah, Chiefs probably will cover. I mean, they probably win by fourteen or something, but I don't think it's going to be a huge blowout or anything. I, you know. Um, it's a it's a Thursday night game, and and Joe, we didn't play in many of those because they didn't have many of them back then. I think, I think maybe just a Thanksgiving game was the only Thursday night, or do we have some other like on TNT or something? There might have been a couple Thursday night games, but I, but you know what? And now there's listen, the the NFL said, hey, you could play more than two Thursday night games, which I think is unfair. And listen, this is the second Thursday night game for the Chiefs. Now, granted. The first one was the first game of the year, so it really doesn't count. But it's still a Thursday night game, uh, so it's hard to turn around that quick. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, uh, will he play? Will he not play? Uh, it's a big part of that offense. And if it was Sunday, a Sunday game or a Monday game, he definitely play. So we'll see if they're going to put him out there and, and take a chance with uh, him getting hurt. And you know, listen, I don't think that knee deal is quite healed yet either. So maybe they give him a. Uh, a week off here and you got a couple extra days. Uh, but, um, you know, that's hard to turn around that fast. So uh, I think Chiefs win the football game. Um, you know, uh, by the way, I was, I was happy for Nathaniel Hackett uh, with the Jets. I was happy for him. Yeah. You remember he's, he was a good little he, he's he a great kid. kid. He was, I mean, he, he grew up in our locker room. I mean, he was always around. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I was happy for him and, you know, I thought he was treated unfairly. I uh, wasn't too thrilled with some of the comments that were being made out of the Denver camp about him. But uh, listen, he, he got a little revenge. And, and uh, uh, so, you know, there's, if there's another reason not to like the Denver Broncos, maybe because of the way they treated one of our buddies, <laughs> and that's Nathaniel Hackett. And, you know, I, I caught a lot of flack, Joe, uh, last year sticking up for Nathaniel. Like, yeah, he's going to be all right. He's going to be good. And then he wasn't. But you know what? I mean, Talk about being thrown uh, kind of to the wolves. Uh, the second player, third player of the game, they lose their uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, and uh, and you know the next the rest is like, okay, how are we going to make up for this? So he probably feels like he's a little snake bit right now. But um, you know, uh, this I think it's going to be um, a little bit closer. It, listen, 
close to be 28-14. Uh, I think Chiefs win. I think they cover, but I don't think it's going to be a big blowout or anything like that. Pull, they're not going to pull in Miami, you know, where you know they're running seventy points. 70 and, points. You know, that's just, it's just not going to happen, and not not between not in this rivalry because I I think it's you know people ask all the time, Tim. I have to say that at least there was that when when Art Shell and Marcus Allen came to Kansas City, and remember when Art got up in front of the room and he said, "Hey, if you can't beat them, join them." Like everybody's wondering, what's he doing here, right? Like the greatest <laughs> Raider of all time, right? You got Marcus Allen, Art Shell. And and I think for me that was the turn between the Raiders being the Chiefs' ultimate rival to the Broncos because I I, th- I think our rivalry towards the end at least towards the end of my career maybe all, you know continuing on into yours that that was really a bigger rivalry especially especially with the Peyton Manning era and everything else that happened so with, and and the you know the Elway Super Bowls and whatnot like to me that seemed to be the bigger rivalry for us than the Raiders that kind of belonged to the to the to the, kind of the Chiefs of the eighties. Yeah, I agree with you. It definitely was, uh, you know, in, back when earlier in my career with John Elway, you know, being, you know, we would always be up with about two minutes left and he'd go down and score and beat us at the last second. I mean, it was just miserable. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with you on the Denver Broncos, but I'll ask both of you guys. I mean, what the hell happened to the Denver Broncos? Was it, you know, bad coaching decisions? Was it front office uh, disarray? Was it drafts? Was it free agency? I mean, that's how quick it can go. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't foresee that happening here in Kansas City. But I promise you, 15 years ago, the fans never thought that they'd be in the position they're at right now. So, I mean, we got to be thankful and, and, and enjoy this run that the Chiefs are on, this big window that's open for the Chiefs to go to Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think it's going to close anytime soon. But, you know, all comes around and goes around, you know. So eventually, you know, the Chiefs may be in a point where, you know, they're only winning two or three or four games again. Uh, so enjoy this process while you have it and talk to the Denver fans because they know, they understand. I mean, it's ugly over there right now. That, that's a great point, Tim, because it also, you know, as you guys obviously know, your era was so tough beating them in mile high with Elway and then with Montana, you kind of got over the hump. And then there was another era, the Peyton Manning era, the, the Broncos really had the Chiefs number. They kept beating them and beating So now finally the table has turned. But, yeah, that's a great point. Appreciate it. Well, you can. Um, this Mahomes era is pretty, it's pretty special. Absolutely, and, and Neil Neil Smith left us and went and got us a couple Super Bowl rings. So, yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. What little like Lindsay, Lindsay, little like Lindsay Knapp, Joe. Yeah. Oh, Lindsay. <laughs> you actually, Jen, Jen and Sarah were actually uh, they were going back and forth on Facebook. I guess they were commenting on something as a wedding or something, and you know, it's nice that we can stay in touch that way. You know, everybody's living all over the place and. We get to see what your beautiful family's doing and the yeah. wedding you just celebrated and Sarah and all the success you guys have had and and, yeah. the, and everybody with football and everything, swimming and everything you guys have done. Uh, it's so nice. That's the one nice thing about social media. It has a lot of negatives, you know, gives everybody a sort of a soapbox, but there is some really positive things about it, you know. And I even saw I even saw Alty on a podcast at one point. So No. Yeah. Does he know how to put on a? Does he know how to put the computer on? He, he his, head, his face was like he was like this. He was like, <laughs> was like Wilson, the old home, home exactly. like, uh, yeah. yeah, his face was like half halfway up the screen. Joe, he was, they call me Ishmael. Yeah, <laughs> that was when he started to partake in maybe too many adult beverages. Yeah. He would turn into Ishmael, and yeah. uh, 
that, that was when you, it was time to either run away or you better start joining them. But uh, no shoe grog, I think he called it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. You got you mentioned Neil Smith when you guys I don't know if you see him or you'll see him in a couple of weeks. Does that ever come up when you guys talk about like his Bronco time? Like, what, oh, what absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely. talk more. I talk more about when Penn beat Nebraska in the uh, NCAA. <laughs> so, so he he and he so so Tim, we bet fifty dollars. I knew Penn was going to win, even though they were like an eleven seed, and and uh, Nebraska was like a six seed in the ninety four. Uh, NCAA tournament because they had Penn had had three pros on that on that team, right? So he goes he goes hey I heard we're playing each other uh, in the tournament. I said yeah. He said you want to put some money? I said yeah. Neil come on put fifty dollars down on that. So he comes in on Monday into the weight room and he throws fifty dollars down on the on the right over by Red Man's table. There he goes he goes hey little buddy. Remember he called it little buddy little buddy. He's like a little buddy. Uh, what the heck's a Quaker? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? Neil? he goes, I thought you went to Penn State. What's a Quaker? I said, that's our mascot. I went to the University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> so he didn't even know which pen they were playing. God bless him. Know. God bless him. I I'll thought maybe, maybe he thought I, it I was uh, maybe he thought it was an, an oatmeal or something. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, Tim, so you guys give each other crap about the Denver Tim him going to Denver and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he uh, he brought the home run swing uh, to to Denver, and uh, there's a couple times when he got some sacks on us, and I look back, and he was home run swinging, and I wasn't too happy about that, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, so um, you know, he's like, you know, went there. He still loves Kansas City and considers Kansas City. If he if he'd ever go into the Hall of Fame, which you know, I I could see there'd be a road someday for him mm -hmm. to get there. He'd go in as a chief. But uh, listen, he you know, you can't blame a guy for going and. You know, listen, it came down to, you know, uh, Derek Thomas and Neil Smith. They had to pay one of them. They decided they wanted to pay Derek. But uh, to be brutally honest with you, uh, Derek was never quite the same socially um, when Neil left. Neil kind of was his guardrail, uh, believe it or not. And, uh, uh, you know, Neil took care of Derek and and uh, they were so close. And when, when Neil left, he lost a little bit of that guardrail. Um, and uh, maybe wasn't wasn't as productive. So uh, I wish I wish Neil would have been able to stay with us because you know maybe we would have got to the Super, maybe we would have won one. But uh, uh, but yeah, Neil Neil's a great guy. He's, he's an ambassador now. Does a lot for the community and, and is here in town. And his son is actually a really good football player for Liberty North wide receiver. He's probably going to go D one. He's oh, uh, doing really well. So, nice. Yeah. And you know that's a great segue there because you talk about that. Neil Smith, Derek Thomas relationship. I think you use even use that guardrail uh, phrasing in mm -hmm. in uh, in your book, View from the Center. Before we go, Tim, just tell people where uh, how how they can purchase that book. Absolutely, you can go to timgrunhart.com. Uh, there, if you buy it uh, on the website, you'll get it signed. Uh, uh, but if you go to Amazon or you go to any of the the uh, uh, Walmart or wherever, uh, just go ahead and, you know, search Tim Grunhardt view from the center and it pops up. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a great experience. Uh, now mostly Joe, I know you do a lot of motivational speaking and, and do a lot of uh, different things out in the community. Uh, book is kind of my, uh, my, my kind of calling card as I go in and talk a little bit about the book, uh, talk about some great stories from the book. And it was a lot of fun to write, Jeff. It really was. David Smell did a great job, uh, of helping me out with it. Uh, now it's time for Joe to write a book, 
you know, we're, we're, we're uh, how, how to raise triplets during a football season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blocking Reggie White was nothing compared to changing three diapers all at once. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, you, you got the you got the diaper genie, and uh, that looked like a big old anaconda snake pulling it out to the garbage. Yeah, that's so exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I can't tell how many of those sausages we pulled out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on absolutely. that note, if you yeah, enjoyed, on that note, on this note, if you enjoyed the show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Go Chiefs! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.